This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast, episode 206. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We we will get to the food and sports clashing at the goal line at the end of this podcast. I have some things to share. Some things that I learned over the weekend. I, what? I have food adjacent topics to add. Related to gardening. Oh, oh, I see. Garden Growing update. food. Yeah, going yard. food. Going yard slash food update. Oh, good. There at the All end. Right. But wow, plenty of baseball. Uh, Michael, did you see? Tex Tech's going to a regional. Going to host a regional. And well, I, you know, I knew that. Set to host a super. Goodness, that's. We'll we'll get into that some more because I was a little surprised about that. I'm surprised that the Big Twelve got three. Um, but I mean, DC did the dang thing up there in Oklahoma city. They won the tournament. They did made themselves a resume. Ended up this, yeah. <laughs> got them the sixth national seed. Texas was the second. Just want to let everybody know that Texas tech won that series in Austin. So head to head there. Um, the Lubbock regional bracket. We'll talk about that. Texas tech hosting UCLA, North Carolina and army. I'm actually really excited that you got, um, two other power five teams in here. Yeah. And then army, that's you, not always the case. Yeah. You, you've hosted army in regionals before and during regular season. So they've always been a, a good opponent, a basketball update transfer Very related <laughs> and then some football news. But before we get to all that, Michael, did you know that people can follow us? on so many of our social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and the Locker Room app. Oh, that's right. Locker Room is the live audio-only sports talk platform free to you to download and to use. Talk to me, Michael, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Locker Room's free. You can start or join ongoing conversations Watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Join in on conversations with me and Michael when we'll be doing our post-game instant reaction breakdowns in the fall. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS or Google Play app stores. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. You can follow me, Spencer Rogers, 23 Personnel, and to be notified when our room goes live in the fall. Pretty exciting stuff. That'll be a fun way to record an instant reaction, and it could get very instant reaction-y. Very. <laughs> um, also, obviously, you can still follow us on Twitter at 23Personnel. 
me, Spencer, at punts suck, Michael, Michael, or at Michael underscore LBK, and on the gram, Truthy Personal Podcast. So, I want to talk about baseball. I got a lot of baseball stuff I want to talk about, including Little League update. We had our first game for the city tournament tonight. Dodgers came out on top. Oh, that's great that. news. Um, talk all about that later. But Tex Tech baseball first, getting set for a regional. Michael, let's get there, man. Do it. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Before we pack for Omaha, Michael, one, let's talk about the Big 12 tournament. Texas Tech did what they always do, it feels like. They get up there, they win a game, they mess around, and lose the teams they shouldn't, and go one and two. They looked good in the game against Baylor, and then looked like poop (laughs) against Kansas State and TCU. Uh, Game one. You got a, a big lead on Baylor. Ended up winning that game 11-4. to four. Um, Just, it seemed like you got off to a great start. You got off in the winner's bracket. Where you want to be uh, behind starting pitcher, Mason Montgomery. Um, I mean, you got out to a 8-0 lead going into the sixth. And then ended up 11-4. to four. Drew Baker got things going off the right way. Lead off home run and the top of the first, uh, which people were comparing to the rest of the game with other big hits and home runs. Baker's hit, uh, even though he kind of dropped down, he bent his knees a little bit, went so dang far. Um, Romback did come back up in the fourth to hit a monster shot himself. Uh, Romback, man, his, his bat's coming alive. In that game against Baylor, went three for four, scored twice, three RBIs, and a walk. So in five plate appearances, he got on base four times. Yeah, I mean, Baker, no slouch either. Five plate appearances, four hits, three RBIs. Which you don't get from a leadoff, man. You don't get RBIs from a leadoff. Three of them. Yeah. I mean, just he's he had a, a very good day as well. Yeah, Mason Montgomery goes full five innings, gives up only two hits, strikes out 11. Now that's how you start off a tournament. Andrew Devine, Chase Webster, Eli Reekman, Brendan Gurton, and Derek Bridges combined to give up five hits and four runs, three of which are earned. 
and another three strikeouts to close out the game. Um, I don't think weather had anything to do with how Texas Tech was playing. There was a lot of delays. Um, Texas Tech's second game got delayed to the following day. You send out Patrick Monteverdi, and that's just... I'm, I'm going to say poor Patrick Monteverdi because like he just has not had the best starts recently. Gets the loss here. A 7-2 to two, uh, result against TCU, like we said a little while ago. Ended up winning the whole tournament. Um, your bats though, they just, they just weren't there. Drew Baker, who went four for five in the first game, 0 for four. Braxton Fulford, 0 for one. Jace Young, 0 for three. Cole Stillwell, Stillwell, 0 for four. Cal Conley, 1 for four. Easton Morrell, 2 for three. Lone guy that had, you know, more hits than not. Nate Rombach, 1 for three. Dylan Carter, 0 for three. Max Marshock, 0 for one. Parker Kelly, 0 for one. Drew Woodcox, 0 for two. You had four hits on the day, two of them from Morrell, one from Conley, one from Rombeck. That's not going to get it done. Well, and this this kind of is a repeat of of what Tech was able to do against TCU in the regular season. I think TCU's pitching just overwhelmed them. Yeah. Um, their starter, Russell Smith, went six innings, gave up only three hits, two runs, two earned. Three walks, 10 strikeouts. Your your starter, Monteverdi, also went six innings, gave up six hits. Unfortunately, those were four runs. Two Only two of those were earned. One walk, six strikeouts. Kurt Wilson, who we've seen come up in relief several times, got an inning of work following Monteverdi. Levi Wells gets in there, does not record an out, and gives up one hit, but two runs and four walks. Derek Bridges and then Brandon Beckel close out the final inning. Um, yeah, you just offense just was not there. Obviously, when you only get four hits and two runs, you take on TCU. Unfortunately, because of the rain delay to get you started against TCU, that meant you were on the field for 30 minutes and started your, your third game against Kansas State. Um, here, you just... And somehow this Kansas State game felt worse. Did it feel worse to you? You just like you gave up big hits to Kansas State. You gave up uh, two home runs, but that one to, to Phillips in the third inning nearly left the ballpark. <laughs> Dude hit it on top of the awning, which is the shade covering for the entire field out there. Like I was listening to the game on the radio. Jeff Haxon's like, a couple more feet. That ball's like out of the ballpark. <laughs> Um, Thompson had a home run in the third as well. Uh, also doubled in the fourth. Um, you lose to Kansas state seven to two. Same Micah Dallas gets the loss there. Dallas went only three and two thirds innings, four hits, six runs, all six earned three walks, six strikeouts. Divine comes in, does not record an out. Sublet comes in, goes two and a, Two and a third. Chase Hampton goes at full two. Brandon Garten comes in for two thirds, and Connor Queen gets the final out. Uh, on the day, your pitching staff gives up five hits. So four came from Micah Dallas. The rest of the guys combined for only one more. Andrew Devine gave up the only other hit of the day. Uh, and on that hit, one run scored. Um, did walk two. Sublet walked two, but struck out two. Chase Hampton. 
struck out one. Girton walked two. Connor Queen walked one, struck one out. His one out was a strikeout. Offensively, Drew Baker one for five. Issa Morrell, mm-hmm. 0 for 2. Jace Young, 0 for 4. Cole Stillwell, 1 for 3. Cal Conley, 0 for 3. Braxton Fulford, 0 for 2. Cody Masters, 0 for 4. Nate Romback, 0 for 3. Dylan Carter, Carter, 1 for 4. You combined for three hits on the day. I didn't see this game. Like I said, I was listening to it. Um, Jeff Hacks and Jamie Lent just said they looked done. Like they didn't yes. want to play. For whatever reason, um, they looked just, were just uninspired. So, well, and they they got to they got the honor of you know following up a three hour game with a three hour forty one minute game. Yeah, so it was a, a thirty long, minute break. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, poor poor Jamie and Jeff were they were broadcasting for I think eight solid hours by the time it was all said and done. Yeah, my voice when whenever we we talk for an hour and our voice is starting to go. They talked for eight. Yes. Uh, you know, whenever friend of the show, Rob bro, uh, invites us to co-host with him on the, we're not co-host to just guest with him on his uh, college football tailgate, man, by the end of that two hours, I, I, my voice is just shot and that's two, that's two hours. And I'm not even talking the whole time. Yeah. It's something else, man. I props to them. Um, uh, yeah, here I am more focused on two guys talking for eight hours as opposed to a team of athletes <laughs> playing baseball for eight hours. I know. Yeah, that's um, really that's really hard too, by the way. Um, that That's probably pretty difficult. The positive from that week up in Oklahoma City is you still did well enough to finish as a top eight national seed, number eight to be exact, which means you're going to host a regional. You're going to host a super regional if you make it out of your regional. I say, if you make it out, um, you've got a great group of teams coming to Lubbock. I think just on like name and brand alone, not that Texas tech needs help filling seats at a baseball game in June, but these games tickets are going to be hard to come by. I think by the time you guys are hearing this tickets will have already gone on sale. They go on sale Wednesday morning, the second. Yes. Unless you're a season ticket holder or a red Raider club member, I you believe you can yours. Yes, I think you can put your at least your name in the hat right now. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> before that, before Wednesday. So yeah, if you're listening to this now, and you don't have tickets, and you're not a season ticket holder. Get to the website. They go on sale at eight thirty, uh, Wednesday morning, the yeah. second. So your bracket looks like Texas Tech is the one, UCLA the two, North Carolina the three, Army is the four. Let's talk about UCLA for a minute. Um, was it 2019? They were in Omaha uh, in the World Series, I believe. They finished fourth in the Pac-12 this year, 35 and 18, 18 and 12. Uh, they did win a series against number five Arizona, who ended up first in the Pac-12. Only series loss in conference play uh, were to UCLA and Stanford. Yeah, I mean, so UCLA they've they've got the ability to beat really good teams in a in a series. Speaking of Stanford, really quickly, they were the nine seed that the two you'd match up with in the super or the winner of their regional. Uh, mm-hmm. If Chockold's, you know, you'll play Stanford, who also did really well on the pack. Twelve. Um, UCLA baseball has been been good. Um, they're just, you know, one of those powers out west. It seems like California has. They produce a lot of really good baseball teams. Uh, there's that. And then even like the smaller colleges like Cal State, Fullerton, 
Yeah. Um, Bakersfield has had some good teams. Um, just primo baseball weather down there. <laughs> you're not having to fight and schedule a bunch of games or try to find uh, non-conference road games in the spring. I'm really excited about the possibility of some powder blue. You know what? To me town. too. That's um, just, oh man, it's just nice. It's a nice look. North Carolina is a three seed. So obviously UCLA, who, what, I mean, you will see powder blue this week, whether it's UCLA or North Carolina, North Carolina is a little bit lighter. North Carolina, 27 and 25. So not the same record, not as good. 18 and 18 fourth in the ACC coastal division got swept by Notre Dame. Um, but I think what you see here is just another big name school with um, just a national presence. I, I know their, their presence is more basketball related, but you get teams like UCLA, North Carolina, and Texas Tech together. Uh, it's going to bring some eyeballs. Gonna yeah, bring and, and North Carolina, I mean, they're, I think they're not going to be, they average an ERA on their pitching for 4.99. So almost five runs a game on pitching. So that's not going to be a huge issue there. But what, what I noticed through all of these, just kind of rolling through the stats, at least through um, their respective conferences, battering average of all these teams, including Army, everyone's really close. So I think um, you're going to see some similar production from the bats, but you know, just some of these teams, the pitching won't be quite as good as others. I think that's going to make the difference. Yeah. And, and you would hope um, that your pitching can come together. I mean, it can't be understated what you're, what you're missing in your own bullpen and your starting rotation. I did see a, a Twitter thread uh, this weekend. Uh, I, I guess it was actually yesterday. Um, Ryan Shedder was, he quote tweeted somebody and said, you know, the job that Tadlock has been doing uh, with the guys out that he's had to deal with is unbelievable. I mean, offensively you're, you're missing your, all conference, maybe all American center fielder and Dylan noisy, but there are three starters that legitimately could have been your weekend rotation. Um, I mean, you could have gone six guys deep in a weekend rotation as, as starters and Hunter Dobbins, um, Birdsell and Beckel on top yeah. of Monteverdi, Montgomery and Dallas. Like if, if, some of those guys had gotten pushed back to midweek guys or like the first guys out of the bullpen, like a long relief situation. Your pitching staff would have been so dang salty. Um, but so is life. Got to deal with that. Just hope that the guys that have been eating up innings throughout the season are, you know, they're not freshmen. They're not newcomers anymore. Uh, they've been here all season. They're ready to go. You would hope uh, it can carry you through a regional. Um, Hosting your regional obviously set up for you to win, but got to play the games in front of you. It's a double elimination format. Lose twice and you're out. Um, first game will be Friday morning. Tadlock likes to get that, that first game out of the way. 11 a.m. I believe it's like super early. <laughs> yeah. Against he's army. He's not messing around. He is getting it out of the way. <laughs> he, he wants to get that going. Um, and then, you know, if you win that game, then you'll face the winner of UCLA, North Carolina. You win that game. Um, then you'll face the winner of the next elimination game for the chance to win your regional. If you get on the loser side of the bracket, you got some work to do, but I think it sets up nicely as long as you can get your, your starting pitchers are on and you can just eat up some innings, some quality innings from your, your bullpen. You 
should be thinking about playing next weekend as well. Yeah. And that's not something, I mean, I, that's not something we should ever take for granted, but something that I really was concerned with coming into this. And so I guess I need to backtrack a little bit, but you know, friend of the show, Rob Bro, who I've already mentioned was pretty adamant with me on Twitter about how the big 12 tournament's not going to affect anything in seating and how that, you know, text body of work has already spoken for itself. Tournament doesn't really matter. I really didn't buy that. And I'm kind of beginning to come to that side now after this. Um, I, I think that had it, that really affected things, then tech would have fallen out. They would have ended up nine or 10, which is kind of where I expected them to be. I was genuinely surprised on 11 AM when ESPN rolled the top eight teams right off the bat. Kudos to ESPN, by the way, for just getting that out of the gate. I mean, within 30 seconds of being on air, I think they rolled that out. So everyone knew where the super regionals could potentially be held. Unlike but, the the college football playoffs, it's like an hour lead up to, <sighs> I need one, two, three, four in that order. Let me know. Yeah. And they finally started, maybe not finally, but they've recently done a lot better job with the March Madness brackets as well. Uh, I think one of the main things I've noticed with them is that there's just 68 teams to get through. Yeah. So, so it takes teams. a little while and, and that's fine. Kind of the same with the baseball bracket. You know, there, there were a lot of teams to get through, but at least they kind of pared that down um, to sizable chunks, you know, and got a lot of the, I mean, I knew who tech was playing before the first commercial break. I, I was really impressed with this. I thought they were going to milk this as long as they could and keep eyes on it as, as much as they possibly could. So, but back to what Rob said, you know, I'm, I'm walking it back. I think there's, there's a lot of truth to what he said. And a lot of people were saying that, you know, big 12 tournament champions or tournament, uh, ugh, conference tournaments don't matter, but man, I sure was worried. I, I, th- I had myself thinking way too hard about it, especially the two teams that tech lost to were the only two teams that tech lost a series to in conference play. And it just seemed like a bad omen. But what do I know? Yeah. I, I mean, what That's do I know? the motto of my life, man. <laughs> what, what do I, do I know? know? Um, so in terms of like the power rankings or RPI of these teams, UCLA uh, is 21st in terms of RPI, whereas Texas Tech finished 10th. So that would be a great matchup. Um, other teams that you'd be familiar with. So for some context, TCU ended up fourth. Um. Texas sixth, Arizona, who we mentioned a little earlier, is ninth. Uh, Stanford is thirteenth. They'd be on the next one. Oklahoma State's fourteen. Like I said, UCLA twenty-one, and then other um, opponents we would see: North Carolina forty-seventh, and Army's going to be quite a bit further down the list. You know, you mentioned that before, as far as finding kind of context. I, I couldn't find any teams that all four of these teams played. So I, I was trying to do the good old, Oh, what is that property? Commutative property, that math property, whatever it is. But I was trying to do that and just see if there was a team that any of these four teams had in common. And I don't think there was a single one. So unable to provide any insight on that area, but you know, just kind of among their conferences, uh, North Carolina obviously poses on paper, the, the largest threat. I mean, sorry, UCLA, not North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
army, of course, and is no stranger to Lubbock. So that's not going to, they're not going to be phased by coming here, but, uh, it's just going to be hopefully a really great weekend of baseball. And I'm going to do my best to get out there for the 11 AM game on Friday. Pretty pumped. Going to, going to call into the office, not call in, (laughs) not going to like just drive to the ballpark. By the way, I'm not coming in to get it today, guys. Um, I will let them know beforehand. But we've got some got some stuff to take care of first before I can do that. Well, best of luck, man. Hope you get some tickets and get out there. This is probably the first time first time that we've lived in Lubbock that I have not I'm not gonna go to a, a regional. I've never been to a regional. I'm super excited about it. It's good, man. It's a lot of fun. Um I was looking really quickly just to look at the at the I don't want to like look ahead. But the Stanford Regional, Stanford is a host, UC Irvine, so another uh, California school, Nevada, North Dakota State. You'll play the winner out of that regional. All right. All right. So there's a chance. I mean, it sounds like the Pac-12 could play a big role in Tech's ability to get to Omaha this year, one way or another. Yeah, for sure. So gear up for some meaningful Big time baseball coming your way this weekend. Hopefully you've got it wrapped up Sunday, but if it goes to Monday, you know, so be it. So be it. So be it. All right. So be your life. Not a sponsor. No free ads. Um, Michael, can we talk about yes. a little bit of basketball? Just a smidge. All right, let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. So we say this just about every week. Maybe there won't be a, a roster update, but then there always is. Last week, it was the commitment of big man transfer, uh, Bacho. This week, it is current, I guess, former commit in Dallas Baptist transfer, Chandler Jacobs, deciding not to come to Texas Tech, but to move on to Colorado State. I guess is what we get for taking one of their coaches, but... It was kind of, it was rumored that he was concerned about playing time, which yeah, is a weird. I would, I would like to, I mean, I'm not going to take credit for this because you're the one that brought it up, but three episodes ago, people, you 23 personnel listeners, all 10 of you heard Spencer talk about this and that there was kind of some smoke, some sort of 
rumors going on about the possibility that Chandler Jacobs may transfer or never actually come to tech or, you know, whatever. And then it just kind of went away. So if you've been listening to, to us, because we know things, you probably weren't super surprised to see this pop up uh, the other day. I think it was Friday. It popped up. I, I yeah. think so. So, so I, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I hadn't seen anything really before or since that just, he's decided to, to go there instead, maybe see a few more minutes there. I'm not, I'm unsure. We have no idea. Yeah. I'm not sure because it's, it's hard to say that you're concerned about playing time um, with a new coaching staff and a new system, new philosophy that like, yeah, they're, they're trying to build out a roster. Jacob's like, there was three guys left. They have, they have to go after guys and some of them are going to be playing your same position. Doesn't mean, you know, you're going to ride the bench, especially with the, the production he was able to do at Dallas Baptist. I think, I mean, I would hope some of that would translate to the big 12, but we won't see it at least for Texas yeah. tech. We'll see it over at Colorado state. I hope he tears it up, man. I really do. I hope he does really good things. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like this is okay. Next man up type thing. I was really excited about him. Yeah. I mean, he had he some, averaged almost 21 points a game, uh-huh. seven rebounds. I mean, that's, almost a double double uh, just down the road. So, you, you know, I, I don't know. It, it sounded like it was going to be a great fit. So I'm disappointed. I'm not upset or anything like that. And I, I'm like you, I wish him the best. I hope he tears it up as well, but man, it, it I was, I was really looking forward to seeing him play. So it, it does hurt that he wasn't able to, to stick around long enough to become a red Raider. Yeah. Well, I can't win them all, man. Just can't win them all. I've got nothing else for basketball except, you know, we've got several positions still to fill. I'm still hopeful for at least a second big man, if not a third, um, you know, for depth purposes and not have a a token seven footer out there for four minutes a game, three minutes a game. So, well, and it is, it kind of goes back to our, you know, maybe if the team wasn't made of 99% wings, he, he might've stuck around. I, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I, not to, not to repeat myself too much, but best of luck to him. And I, man, I was, I was pretty excited about him coming to tech. Yeah. Same. Well, let's talk some football, man. All right. Just, just rolling through this June football. Yeah. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With Tom. Delivered. Hand off. DeMarcus Fields. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he, my. He got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. Day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Patrick Horsley. And touchdown, Red Raiders. With a second to go. Let the scoring begin. So... I I may have jumped the gun on moving on to football too soon. Oh, you got some basketball news? Do you see the Something just happened? Oh well, no, I just 
not paying attention. <laughs> Do you see the 2021 Big East Big 12 battle matchups are set? Oh, that's right. Yes, I did. And I had to look up who Tech was playing because <laughs> Rothstein's horrible abbreviations. Yeah, he's got TT at PC. What the hell does that mean? You know, couldn't tell you. Tennessee Tech at Princeton, Princeton Common. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. Providence, Providence Canyon. So I think that's a Brett Cobb record. That's a good record, by the way. Anybody <laughs> listening? Check you know, out Providence Canyon. There's a lot of things you say. There's like no idea what you're talking about. So it is Providence. Um, Texas Tech will play on the These road. These fellas from Providence? At Providence. Um, other matchups, Villanova at Baylor, UConn at West Virginia, Kansas at St. John's. That's going to be a bloodbath. Texas at Seton Hall, Iowa State at Creighton, TCU at Georgetown, Butler at OU. That one could be really fun. Xavier at Oklahoma State, Marquette at Kansas State. I also had to look up SHU. You know who Seton I Hall? I could not think of. Yeah. We played them in the Seton Hall. <laughs> NIT. That's the, that's the year that Darko got no, punched I, in I the nuts. I know who they are, but with just <laughs> Loved someone says, way. hey, oh, we're playing SHU this week. And you're thinking, Sam, Sam Houston. Houston Univ- wait, no, wait, wait that's Sam not Houston right. State. Southampton. Wait, I think that's an online school. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Grand Canyon. Seton Hall, man. Come on, Rothstein. TT. Yeah. Well, he had to get a lot of teams in. Anyways, that's basketball. Ugh. Football. You got the commit from Troy receiver transfer, Kalen Geiger. Um, I totally meant to look more into this kid, and I just lost track of time this weekend. I, I wanted to watch his highlight video, deep dive. Did not make it. <laughs> Sorry. So Geiger's 5'10", 170, going to be an inside receiver for Texas Tech. Really going to be able to contribute um, when Texas Tech rolls out with two inside receivers and not a tight end. Not that we don't have tight ends on the roster or that Cumbie's not going to use them. Uh, I think we have got a lot of inside receiver depth uh, and that a newcomer as good as he may have been at Troy uh, is going to have trouble getting a lot of playing time. If there's only one inside receiver on the field, he's originally from Fort Worth played at Pascal high school, attended Navarro junior college before going to Troy. Uh, he led them in receiving at Troy got 77 passes in 2019 for 873 yards and five wow. touchdowns. And then in 2020, 64 catches for 752 yards and three more touchdowns. So he's a shifty guy. You said you didn't watch the the highlights. I did what I saw. uh, And I don't want to, I don't want to bag on the kid too much. Oh, hang on. Please don't. (laughs) But I mean, let me just say he, he expends a lot of energy in being shifty which in even in his highlight video led to him getting caught from behind a lot. Really trying to uh, make people miss a little mm-hmm. bit, make people miss, but then that slows you down a little bit when you try to do that. Yeah. But you know, if you can get in space, you know, then you're less likely to get tackled. He seemed to be trying to avoid contact. Uh, he did not um, survive a lot of contact. It seemed like he went down when he was touched which, you know, it's what it is. Like he obviously was successful in, in eating up a lot of yards for Troy. Uh, I mean, 800 yards a year, basically. Take that, man. I'll take it. Dang, sure. And, and you know, for those of you who can't do math as fast in your head like me, uh, the, what the stat spits are read for 2019 and 2020 equate to 11.3 yards per catch in 2019 
and 11.8 in 2020. So this guy, every time he caught the ball, he got a first down basically. So I mean, I think that may be a key to his shiftiness is he, you know, for an inside receiver, that's, that's kind of, you don't necessarily uh, expect a guy to be out there running away from people on the outside and probably just cause it's harder, you know, on the inside. Uh, so, I mean, the fact that he was still averaging over a first down a catch, I think that's, that's pretty good, but I, and I, I kind of want a shifty guy. I want a shifty guy on the inside um, and, and, you know, a, a speedy guy, but someone who can make people miss, I think that's super valuable. And there's a lot of great inside receivers, as you mentioned with, you know, Rigdon and Manis and, price and everybody. I mean, it's, it's going to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good group. So I'm, I'm excited that mm-hmm. tech was able to land such a, 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 such a productive recruit. I mean, not a guy who was hurt or something last year or who, you know, was third on the depth chart or something, you know, a school's number one receiver. That's, that's a really cool thing to see. You know, where, where shiftiness is really valuable returning kicks. Oh, because oh, that's a great point. I wonder, did he, did he return kicks? Do you know? I don't know because you know what? Mm. Like, yes, Jakeem Grant was really fast and he was a successful kick returner, but he was also super shifty. Like he had a, a good, obviously a really good mix of speed and elusiveness. Oh, there goes my, uh, <laughs> inside receivers aren't generally going to get a lot of yards. Uh, that, that blows my theory out of the water, Jakeem Grant, because he was just so fast. He, well, yeah, but he got still, a lot of yards. <laughs> yeah. um, special special guy there. But like on kickoffs, like it's it's rare that you're going to need that like top end speed until you get through somebody and then you have to outrun somebody. Like being able to pick up an extra 5, 10, 15 yards by avoiding contact can do so much for the offense. And then obviously being able to, to, to do that as a receiver like I said, I, I didn't want to like bag on the kick because there's going to be a ton of really good, talented inside receivers who you you listed. Um, maybe he finds a, a big role as a kick returner and provides some depth and some some snaps there in that rotation. But he's coming to Texas Tech. Uh, like I said, originally from Fort Worth, uh, he's got a a growing family. Uh, I think I heard a son on the way, a baby boy coming. And wants to be close to a family that can watch him on TV. So welcome to Texas Tech, Kalen Geiger. Yes, sir. Come on in. There were also non-conference games, times, and schedules announced. Game one in Houston, NRG Stadium versus Houston. 6 p.m. on ESPN. Your initial Prime thoughts time, on that. Baby. I know, right? Against Houston. So I'm, I'm actually kind of for that. Um, I... I'm also a little, I'm a little jealous that the stake in the plains, Houston and Dallas crowd, Dallas crowd is getting together for this game. Yeah. So maybe we need to find a game. Maybe it's this one to get together and watch it with the Lubbock crowd. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thought. And, or maybe, you know, we just road trip. Just that's a long road trip down to (laughs) Houston though. Um, Then you're back home September 11th against Stephen F. Austin, 6 p.m., Big 12 now on ESPN plus. What are your thoughts on this? Cause Florida international the following week on the 18th is also at 6 PM on big 12 now on ESPN plus. So 
so I mean, I'm, I'm all for this. I've already got the subscription. So it, like my, sure. my state's stance isn't going to come from like, I have to go buy something else. I already had to do that for basketball and baseball. Um, like I, I get that getting t- getting games on TV and being able to dictate the kickoff times sometimes will necessitate going to third tier or digital rights. I understand that. I don't like not being on a traditional channel because you're going to get some of the older, more established fans be like, what channel are we on today? More Where's ESPN place? What channel is that on direct TV? It's not. Really. It's not, man. Because <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't even have to be on a streaming service for people to be asking what channel is on anyways, but what channels ESPN plus in Louisville? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know, man. It's, it's, it's an app. It's a what? <laughs> so, I mean, t- fans have had to deal with this at least for two seasons now for baseball. Uh, you had one game, I think, think 29 in 2020 for basketball yes. and you had several this year. Um, so I think it's like, it's getting more, mainstream you're still going to see a lot of pushback for football i'm like i said i'm torn because i get that you have to play these games to be able to get primetime kickoffs but then you, you get to set the kickoff but you don't get to set the channel so yeah i feel like if you're going to the game uh you know a 6 p.m kick is the most fun i mean that's the most fun to get the most bang for your buck to get the whole experience do the whole tailgating thing raider alley whatever uh, the Frazier, yeah, whatever, true. whatever you do on campus, you get to really go all out for, you know, a full day and, and really enjoy it uh, for me. I mean, it's fine. 6 PM is fine. I'd, I'm, I got to where I was fine with 11 AM kicks. Cause it was kind of like, all right, well, that's out of the way. We had we so can, many we of can them enjoy the rest of my day. <laughs> the past few years, it was just like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. I can watch, I can watch any game now and just flip through it instead of, you know, C-Tech give up 17 points in Lawrence or whatever, you know, which I think that one was at night. So bad example, but, uh, it, it's fine. I'm uh, like you, I have ESPN plus already. I have a four year old. So we have Disney plus and we have Hulu. So we've got the, we've got the bundle, which yeah. just went up a dollar. I think recently, of course it did. So angry. <laughs> a dollar. I'm really, I'm really not. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the, so, the, uh, it's kind of, kind of cool. I think, and I think there was one game each year on ESPN plus for football. Does that sound right? The last two years? Or it, was, it was either that or Longhorn. Am I making that up? It may have been on the Longhorn network. Uh, maybe so. Maybe, no, 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 no. Texas no, no, usually no. had a, one game on Longhorn network. It never was tech. It was like Kansas or usually, um, it's usually Kansas. Yeah. So I do like your point about being able to experience game day again. I I think 11 a.m. kickoffs have stripped Texas Tech fans from being able to do that, uh, to enjoy that. Because I think that's the biggest thing that people have have complained about in terms of atmosphere at the Jones is like, well, there's no atmosphere at 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, just look at OU Twitter the last week. They are beside themselves. Their, Their AD lost his mind about getting an 11 a.m. kickoff. I was like, welcome to the party, man. You had one they, 11 a.m. kickoff. Deal with it. And they've had a lot over the years. Some guy on a whiteboard counted up how many, and it's just kind of, I'm not going to feel sorry for the Big 12 champion. I mean, screw off. I don't give a crap when you kick off. 
If you're winning the big 12, shut up. And it was like 11 a.m., but they were like on ESPN or something. Like you're on the main yeah, network. Uh, yeah, they were, uh, or yeah, they were the, the Fox or they were on Fox. They were the big nooner. Or you know, they were kicking off at 11 a.m. And it was the big national televised Fox game. But you know what? Screw y'all. I mean, if you're complaining about that while winning championships, no one gives it. No one's going to listen. No. <laughs> I don't know. Just win your championships. Poor, <laughs> poor OU. So sorry. So sad for them. Yeah. And so I was going to say that the pessimist and cynicist in me says like, these may be your only six o'clock games that you get this year. <laughs> right. So enjoy them. Soak them. Soak them in. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michael, let's, let's wrap this up and get to what we learned. All right. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So do you want to start? Yes. I could start. All right. Um, I just wrote down on here, cedar planks and homemade ice cream. And I'm sure Spencer's going, huh, what? So I, on Sunday, we tried a new recipe on the grill. And somehow after all these years, despite knowing about it and seeing recipes and my brother-in-law doing it all the time, I've never actually cooked cedar plank salmon. Me neither. I've never I actually did it. it. And I did it this weekend and brother, it was great because it's just so you don't worry about it. You know, you get your cheap cedar plank from whoever Weber has, has their own brand. And I'm sure everybody has one. HEB had some, I think too. You soak that while your charcoal is lighting and then you cook salmon on it. And it's just fantastic because of the flavor you get from it. And also that it just, you don't have to worry about it burning. I mean, I set it directly over the coals on my little Weber and nothing burned. Everything was ready in like 20 minutes. It was just super flawless. And the recipe we used was really cool too. It was, you brush Dijon mustard on it. And then there was a, a rub that had a lot of brown sugar and, and some other stuff on it to, to the point where as it was cooking, it, it basically turned into a sauce. So it, my mom who was over with us, she was like, man, what sauce did you use on this? And we were like, that's mustard and spices. It just <laughs> mustard and transformed sugar. on the grill. <laughs> yeah. So but I don't that, like that seafood. That sounds great though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause it didn't, it's, if you're not a huge seafood fan, this is a good way to do it because it didn't taste like, you know, it didn't taste fishy, which I don't care. I mean, I, I like seafood. I like sushi and all that stuff too, but it didn't taste fishy or anything. You just tasted um, I don't know, just delicious food. And I couldn't taste the cedar that well. I could sure smell it on the grill, but um, my wife reheated it in our little toaster oven the next day. And she said she could really taste the cedar the next day. So hmm. that's a, that's an interesting wrinkle in it too. That same day, right after we switched, we made the big switch to from Southwest Power Pool to ERCOT. We had our little 15 minute outage and someone pulled the giant electric plug at the substation and plugged it in from somewhere else. Uh, one of the first things we did was my mom and my wife and my daughter made homemade vanilla ice cream. Mm. Brother, it's good. How'd that work out? It's so good. <laughs> like, did you, did you use an ice cream maker or did you have like the, the two cans and roll them together? No, no, we did the, Allison had bought an ice cream maker recently and 
took a stab at it last weekend and it just didn't turn out. And so she called in the big guns. We had mom over <laughs> and we we're like, okay, we'll feed you lunch and help us make, make ice cream. cream. Yeah. <laughs> so she came over and we, you know, we annihilated a whole box of rock salt almost and mm-hmm. a bunch of ice and it made, it just turned out perfectly. It, it, it was so good. So now my wife's all about trying to come up with these different ice cream combinations she's going to make and, she, she'll randomly text me something like, what about peanut butter with cookies? And I'm like, that's too much. There's too much going on. I don't know. Hold on though. Like peanut butter and Pe- peanut butter ice Oreos. Cream. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said. That is exactly what she said. Yeah. With peanut butter and Oreos. And I was like, I don't know about that. Cause you get the, the cookies and cream and peanut butter. Like they, they make a really good peanut butter Oreo. I, I, oh, they I, also I make, make uh, really good. HEB has their own brand of Oreos called Twisters or something, and we got the Mocha <laughs> version this week. Oh man, those are good too. Anyway, so that's what I learned is that cedar planks are not just for show. That I really think they, I would have probably burned or, you know, half of that salmon would have been stuck to the grill or something. And if I hadn't used a cedar plank, I'm sure I would have messed it up somehow. Um, and I didn't overcook it either. It was just, it was great. So I learned cedar planks are useful, not just a gimmick. Not just and, fencing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. And homemade ice cream, man, I haven't had it in years and it is still good and probably better than I remember. Yeah, so I guess an update on our garden situation. Uh, we're getting closer. I bought a, uh, a compost tumbler because like, you know, I'm going to make my own compost now. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Just a big barrel that you dump stuff into like grass clippings and kitchen waste. for a raffle? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's real big. (laughs) It's like a big drum laying on its side. So you put waste in there and it breaks down and turns into compost over, you know, time. Um, I, I, I'm going to blame the weather and my schedule. I mowed the backyard Tuesday. And then ran out of time. I have not mowed my front yard or side yards in like two weeks. And we're back to like hay field again. Oh my gosh. We had almost three inches of rain this weekend at our house. It's yeah. Well, it's been like, like I'll get a day that I'm able to do it. And then my schedule gets away from me. I was like, Oh crap. And then it dumps rain on us. Like, well, I can't do it in the morning. So I gotta wait for it to dry out. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining about all the great rain we've had. Cause it's been fantastic. Not. And like, I mean, it's kept, Humidity up, but temperatures down. Like knock on wood, I think we've had three days in the nineties, and it's June first. Um, but it's kept me from being able to do yard work, and I haven't been able to get out and convert and get the garden going. The plants and the planters are moving along. Um, they're at the stage now where like I'm alternating, where I water them, and then a couple days later I water them with some fertilizer in it specifically for vegetables and they're exploding. So like we're getting close, we're getting ready. Uh, just about time. And we probably could have started this a little earlier and had plants in the ground, you know, well before June, since it's been going for almost three months now, getting close, man. Those pepper plants are getting big. The tomato plants are taking off oh, cucumber man. and squash plants. They're, they're ready. Have one sunflower. It's getting up there. I don't have a flower yet, but um, yeah, we're getting close. It's just as much as I've talked about, like, yard work and how much I enjoy mowing and all that kind of stuff. I've probably mowed twice in a month. (laughs) 
it's it's shameful. I well, I had a really quick window on Sunday afternoon. I thought oh, this is the only time I'm going to be able to mow for another like ten days. So I hopped on it, knocked it out real quick, and then the rains came. <laughs> Barely yeah. made it. Working from home has been great, but also like. I've always, I always consider like, well, I'll, I'll have the flexibility working from home just to get out there and, and do what I need to do when I need to do it. But Samantha and I are both working at home and now our oldest is out of school and our youngest has been home the whole time. So like it's all, it always seems like, well, if I leave him alone with Samantha, she has a hard time getting stuff done. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and her, her boss has been like on this productivity productivity kick lately, like where they're checking accounts that she's posting with comments, like, Technically she doesn't have, she doesn't have to do that. But so her like productivity measure is way down, even though Samantha's the highest performing person in their department, but the measure they're using just doesn't apply to Samantha. So it looks like she's not doing any work. So her boss is like, what are you doing? Why are you, you're asking for this time off and you're always talking about how busy you are, but like your productivity is sitting at 30%. And it's like, well, because I don't have to put whatever long story. short, <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, so like, I always feel bad trying to like run out there and, and get stuff done. And also like the way Hayden's sleep schedule is like he, he's got a great, he has a great days when he takes his big, huge nap right after lunch. Mm. But the only way he'll stay down is, is if he's being held, if he's on somebody for some <sighs> reason that, that body. So like, I'm There's usually, catch. I'm usually tied to the couch, not doing anything for like two, two and a half hours, three. You count lunch, like if he goes down at the end of lunch and then he takes a two hour nap, like there's a good chunk of my day where I'm sitting on the couch and I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's like, like legit. Some days it can be a full three hours of sitting there unproductive, except for being on my phone as quiet as I can trying to get some email sent, but that's not all the work that I have to do. So then when he wakes up, I have to get back on and, and like jump back into work mode. So I don't have time. And then all of our nights are super busy. Thus, the grass gets mowed twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Also, what keeps me away from yard work is baseball. Hello. City tournament started tonight. Um, almost had a disaster, Michael. The locations, Northwest Little League. I don't know if you're familiar with where all these little leagues are in town. Northwest Little League is at 911 North University. So up okay. there north of... Clovis Highway's out there by the Buddy Holly Lake, Lake air quotes, um, <laughs> Cesar Chavez drive up there just past the Lubbock high school baseball fields. Anyways, they're the host for this coach pitch city tournament, but they only have three fields. So it's three fields at Northwest plus one at Southwest, which is at Maxi park, uh, okay. 24th in Nashville. Tonight, we were on field three, parentheses, Southwest field. So I very nearly sent our team to Southwest Little League for a six o'clock game that was on the Southwest field at Northwest Little League. Oh, no, no. So it was, it was the Southwest field at Northwest? Yes. Is what it was? Which oh, is not get helpful. out of town. The only way we caught this is because... They actually had to move the game from Southwest to Western because the field conditions with all the rain. <laughs> oh, that's helpful. And like, let's just come up with different names. The, yeah, this. I know that like Cooper is the only one that actually has a, a, a name. Everybody else is like 
directional. There's Western, Southwest, Northwest, shallow water kind of speaks for itself. Um, MLK has a name out there on, I think they're just North of 50th and like highway 27 where that complex is. Anyways, that makes sense. Um, so the district administrator that said has been coordinating all this. She said, okay, the games at Southwest will be at Western tonight. Confirm that you got this. And I texted in, got it. Thanks. She's like, Hmm, Cooper Dodgers, you're not playing at Southwest. You're playing at Northwest. I was like, whole crap. Thanks for the heads up. It was four 30, right? Yes. Trying to get out the door in less than 30 minutes to get out to either one of these. So I had to like post an update in the app and then send a text message to everybody. It's like, sorry, the game's at Northwest. Anyways. So I was a little nervous coming into this game because when, when we drew seating, basically who was going to play who, as the third place team and the Cooper coach pitch league, we got matched up with a one seed from a different league. I was like, okay, here we go. So we got the Northwest little league race. So we were on their home turf. Boy, let me tell you, our bats started off smoking hot. Our league has a seven run mercy rule basically for every inning. And it, it's cumulative. So like at the end of one, if you haven't scored seven runs, you can get up to 14 runs total in the second inning. First inning, 7-0 Cooper Dodgers. Whew. Like, and, and we had two outs, but we, like, we were still going. Second inning, 14-0 Cooper Dodgers. Oh, get out of here. With only one out. So like we had two more outs, but they're like, that's yeah, after seven runs, you got to switch. I was like, oh crap. Okay, here we go. That's fine. We had a huge lead. Our team was like, we have a huge lead. We gave up 12 runs in the second inning. I was like, <laughs> focus. The problem that we, we encountered there, I think they were just like, they, they had a big comfortable lead. Um, the three outs we recorded in the second inning were all strikeouts. So we kind of got lucky there. Yeah. There's probably not a, a huge amount of strikeouts in coach pitch. Or is there? Well, so you've got five Especially pitches three total. In an inning. Or did you say three or two? Uh, so you get three outs. It's five pitches total, three swinging strikes, whichever comes first. Um, so anyways, at the end of two, it is 14 to 12. Granted after two, like, I think 14 runs is more than we've scored all season. So like we're, we're feeling it. We're, we're, we're hyped. We're excited. Top of the third comes around. We only score three, but I was like, okay, we're up 17 to 12. Sounds pretty reasonable. We got this going. We had one of those come to Jesus moments. I outside the deck is like, guys, we need you to hustle. We need three outs. We gave up one run in the third. So we're up 17 to 13. And then wouldn't you know it? We came up in the fourth and we put 10 more runs on the board. We won this game 27 to 13. We've never scored 27. We, we may have broken 10 once or twice this season. And it's not that the team we played was bad. I mean, they, they kind of were, but like we took advantage of, of their errors really efficiently tonight. Like when they had an overthrow, like we were taking bases and we were taking fast, but I don't know what it was. Like the intent when we put this team together was to get a bunch of really good bats. I don't know why it took to game 15 to see these bats come out, <laughs> but <laughs> legitimately, our first four batters 
got on base swinging at the very first pitch. So like four batters in one pitch hit next batter, one pitch. He like, he's they were crushing it. Um, we had one, two, three, four, five kids get to bat five times in this game. How long was this game? Two hours. <laughs> so it did, it did go long. We, we have a time limit of an hour 15. We went long because we were the, we were the away team. Uh, we had a huge lead, but the thing that made me nervous because of the cumulative run rule, like they could have come up and scored and gotten to 28. They, they could have won this game 28, 27. We gave up zero runs in the, in the fourth inning. And it was like, I think they had four batters come up to bat. Uh, defense was just there. Um, 27 runs on 32 hits. Oh my goodness. Grayson so, went four for four dude. Uh, like, scored three times. Um, we only had two guys like, like our leadoff guy went four for five. The next guy behind him went four for five. Jackson. I probably shouldn't have said his name. Nobody knows. You don't know this kid. <laughs> this dude went five for five, five for five. Our second baseman went zero for five tonight, but that, that that's an abnormal night for him. He's usually a lot, a lot better than that. Grayson went four for four. Our pitcher went four for four. Our catcher went two for four. That's really good for him. And our ninth batter, not, not that he's our worst batter, but he went four for four tonight. So if your catcher had gone four for four or three for four or anything, goodness, or your second baseman, it was your second baseman. You said, yeah, he went zero for five. Oh, for five. Okay. It could have been worse. I, you know, you gotta be proud of these kids to go to a place that I'm just assuming here. None of them have played before. Mm -mm. And, and there was a know, train it's, it's in the weird. outfield, like legitimately a train in the outfield that went through the game several times. That yeah. could have been a huge distraction. That's but a, like, it's a weird feeling to go to a place you've never been play against kids. You've never seen, you know, I mean, it's are, a whole different team. Everything's yeah. different and they just show up and hit the first four pitches with four different batters. 32 <laughs> hits. Gracious. 32 hits on 41 at bats and 27 runs. Dude, we were, except for the, the disappearance of defense in the second inning, man, like we played probably offensively easily our, our best game, like easily bats yeah. were alive. And it's not that like we were getting cheap hits and like we were hitting slow rollers down up, up the third baseline and our batter w w was legging out to first. Like legitimately we had kids who have shown power crushing balls in the outfield. Grayson hit two balls that landed in the outfield, which for him, he's a small, he's the youngest kid on the team two weeks away from still being in modified T ball was hitting for power tonight in this dang city tournament. So excited the next game tomorrow. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, here's the thing with the way the tournament said it's so it's double elimination. Um, so my main goal selfishly was to not go. Oh, and two check that off the box. Cause you won the first game. So it means we're going to play Wednesday night. We're going to play Thursday night. Um, I think if we win Wednesday, I think we're going to end up playing another Cooper team. I don't want to do that. Like, I think we'll play our, our, our second place team uh, who beat us pretty good. Uh, there's a possibility, obviously if our first place team does really well that we we'd face them again. But I, I want to play other teams from across the city. 
I know that this team that we played tonight struggled defensively, but also like our kids were crushing the ball. There was like that, that inning where they, they got 12 runs. Part of it, I will say their pitching coach was way too close. And like mm-hmm. we, we had a, we had a conversation with the umpires like, Hey, uh, so the pitching coach has to start in the circle, right? Like, yeah. I was like, well, just keep an eye on them. Cause at the end of the inning, like there, there's, um, there's a circle where they have to pitch from. And then several feet in front of it is a line for some defensive alignment stuff for the pitcher, the player pitcher to receive the throw back from catcher. He was basically throwing from that line. He had inched forward several feet. And I don't know what that little bit of difference made, but those kids were crushing it in that second inning when he had scooted forward and the third and fourth innings, when the umpire told him to move back, they were making weak contact. They were striking out a whole bunch. I was like, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. But when those kids were on it, like they were crushing it. That team had some really good bats. But anyways, we could legitimately play every day until next Wednesday. If we don't lose. Oh my goodness. Um, so much baseball. It would be so much baseball. I don't anticipate that we would continue to do this. Um, the teams that we'll, that we'll play from here on out will get a lot better. But it also feels good to look around. Our first place team beat the snot out of their opponents, put up 19 runs. Second place team beat the snot out of their opponents, put up 21 runs. It's like, hey, hey, Dodgers put up 27 runs. Suck on that, Reds and Rockies. <laughs> It's a little like trash talk here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I think the other two teams that came from Cooper also won tonight, which puts us in a weird spot because we're going to end up playing each other again. And that's, like I said, I don't want to do that. I want to play against other teams from across the city. Um, but let me tell you, it felt pretty good to go up against the number one team from a different league and do what we did against them. It kind of validates what we're seeing at Cooper. Like we've got some really good teams in Cooper, but without context, you don't really know, but yeah, yeah, because, you know, like this is, you mentioned this, and this is like in any other league or anything. You don't, well, is the Big 12 really strong this year or are they not? You know, how they how are they going to do in a tournament or how are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just always an interesting thought experiment. And then you, you get out there and score 14 in the first two innings. You think, you know, I think I think these cats going to be all right. But then you allow 12. And so, you know, it keeps you humble. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a, like I said, definitely a pucker <laughs> factor. We're like, get, let's get it together. <laughs> guys, come on guys. <laughs> that 10 run fourth inning, that really felt good. Yes. To put some, cause who knew that was going to happen? <laughs> put some distance Ugh. there. Yeah, man. Well, congrats coach. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I want to take a, I want to take credit for the Cooper Dodgers doing what they did tonight. Uh, like I said, we'll play Wednesday. We'll play Thursday. We'll see how it goes. That'll do it for us. The 23 personal podcast. Get ready for some regional baseball. Texas Tech hosting North Carolina, UCLA, and Army. But for now, for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. 
Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.